Welcome to the Coin Black History on the Other Side podcast, hosted by Brittany Wilkins. This podcast is brought to you by Historians Connect. Historians Connect is a nonprofit organization with a mission to bridge the gap between African American history and culture by preserving the legacies of African Americans, debunking myths, defining black excellence while rewriting the narrative of African-American history. If you tuned into the show to learn a new and different perspective on black history, you're in the right place. This is not America's founding father's history of slavery and oppression. We're changing the culture by changing the narrative, educating listeners on various aspects of black history spanning from ancient African history to current day events affecting communities around the world. Empowerment through cultural education. This is The Coin, black history on the other side. You are tuned into episode 13 of The Coin. Black History on the Other Side. In today's show, we honor the late activist, scholar, and professor Derek Bell on his birthday, November 6th, in discussing his life and how he helped launch a groundbreaking school of thought, what we know today as critical race theory. Throughout the show, you will hear me refer to critical race theory as CRIT or CRT. Now, let's get into what is critical race theory and how is it defined? Critical race theory is defined as the legal scholarship of examining America's history through the lens of racism. CRIT is a way of thinking that explores how racism is embedded in laws and legal institutions. The inception of critical race theory began at a conference on critical legal studies or CLS. CLS conference occurred in the late 1970s, organized by a collection of new Marxist intellectuals, former new activists, ex-counter culturalists and other varieties of oppositionists in law schools. CLS endorsed a progressive perspective on the role of law in American society and challenged conservative orthodoxies and legal liberalism alike, according to Adrian Catherine Wing, author of the white paper, Space Traders for the 20th First Century, published in the Berkeley Journal of African American Law and Policy. CLS piqued the interest of Professor Derek Bell. While serving in the United States Air Force, Professor Bell became interested in equality. Born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Professor Bell earned his bachelor's degree from Duquesne in 1952. In 1957, he became the only black graduate in his class to earn his law degree from the University of Pittsburgh Law School. 
Before entering into academia, Professor Bell worked for the Department of Justice in its Civil Rights Division. At the time he was working for the Department of Justice, he was a member of the NAACP. But the Department of Justice saw this as a conflict of interest and requested Bell to suspend his membership within the organization. Not wanting to compromise on his principles, Professor Bell resigned. After resigning from the Department of Justice, he was hired by Thurgood Marshall as a staff attorney at the Legal Defense Fund. During his career with the Legal Defense Fund, he supervised more than 300 school desegregation cases. In 1969, Professor Bell decided to make another career change. He became the first black professor at Harvard Law School. This is where Crit began to take shape as he developed and taught a new course on civil rights. He published his first book entitled Race, Racism and American Law. For Bell, he saw an opportunity to add substance to build and expand upon CLS. Like anything new, things take time to develop. While many saw CLS as a great concept, it lacked insights. The scope of CLS lacked an understanding of the role of race and racism as a substantial motivating factor in American society and its legal system. Having navigating the legal system while working at the Legal Defense Fund, Bell had the exposure and insight to the system. He and other scholars would work to develop CRIT. CRIT was developed with the intention to expose the racist nature of the American legal system. Professor Bell's optimism for equality had faded as he recognized all the work and decisions that he had made in civil rights were of little impact. It led him to believe that racism is so deeply rooted in the makeup of American society that it has been able to reassert itself after each successive wave of reform aimed at eliminating it. He believed that racism was permanent. This belief is the core foundation of CRIT. Although it came with a great sacrifice, he stood on his principle of crit by leaving several educational institutions for refusing to hire a more diverse staff. Essentially, practicing what he preached, he became pessimistic about racial progress, believing any progress minorities made would only come about if there was something to be gained by the Caucasian race. In simplest terms, his ideology was that racism will never end. In his book, Faces at the Bottom of the Well, he compares racism to alcohol, stating that people can live with it and control it to a certain degree, but there is always the threat of its rearing its head again. Crit gives us a lot of food for thought. So much we have to digest it slowly. I'm still processing crit as there are many more layers to it. But as we see today from legislation to mainstream media, crit has become a hot topic of discussion. This past June, 
House Bill 3979 was signed by Governor Greg Abbott of Texas that restricts the teaching about race in state public schools. Other states are following suit as well. But by restricting what can be taught about race, are we proving Professor Bell's theory is right, that racism is permanent? If we can't have dialogues about race in schools, where are we going to have these type of discussions? And if we leave it up to Facebook and the TikTokers of the world, we are in trouble. The only way to solve the problem is to confront the problem. Could it be that America does not want to look itself in the mirror to change its systemic oppressive ways by continuing to run from accountability? Has America done its due diligence in examining the risk of leaving out important aspects of history? In my personal opinion, it paints a false narrative of American history by omitting certain aspects and glamorizing it. What can this lead to? Like people of color still having to deal with microaggressions in today's society for those who are uneducated about racism and how it impacts communities of color. Well, Professor Bell's no longer here to defend history on critical race. If he was still here, I would be interested in knowing what do you judge or measure as being successful in fighting for inequality? He came to believe the return on investment had very little impact, but impact is a broad term. It would be interesting to hear how he measured his success. As I read his work more in depth, I may get a little bit more insight to my question as I continue to digest it and dissect it and do more research. But to say racism is permanent is a very bold statement for the simple fact. How does that impact who are those fighting for equality and putting it into systemic oppression? Are we viewing racism through the lens of the glass being half full or half empty? One of my engineering professors used to say the glass is neither half full or half empty. The glass is twice as big as it needs to be. All theory is hypothetical until it can be proven otherwise. Is there enough evidence to suggest that racism is permanent? Think on these things. Thank you for learning, exploring, and creating history with us. I appreciate all my listeners from around the world. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Coin Black History on the Other Side podcast. Learn, explore, and create history with us. Visit us on the web at www.historiansconnect.org. Remember, a people without knowledge of their history is like a tree without roots. Stay connected to your roots.